0: Of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I am Ramsey Personality, Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with Ramsey Personality and podcast co host of Smart Money Happy Hour, George Camel. So we are taking your calls. It's free anywhere in the country at 888 825 5225. We'll be talking about your money about your life your career your relationships anything and everything so give us a call That's what I love about the show is we all have life going on and it's like yeah if you just kind of need a second opinion on something just give us a call and let's let's talk through your situation or if you need help and advice we are here for you so first up we have Amanda in San Diego hey Amanda welcome to the show hi thanks for taking my call absolutely how can we help so it's in open enrollment season,
1: and my question is, why are HSA insurance options favored over FSA insurance options?
0: Well, with HSA, it's a, it's a great option because you can put in money into this and you can pull it out tax-free to use uh, for qualified medical expenses. Uh, it's usually, I think, George, with a high-deductible plan is usually when you have an HSA, and so it's a great option. I mean, if you're on the healthier side, and can have that high deductible plan. It's it, it's a it's a great option, and then the HSA as well. Once you are out of debt and you have a fully funded emergency fund, it can also be used as an investment vehicle by putting money in and letting it grow without taking it out. Um, so, yeah. So, that, I mean, that that's always the plan I favor if, if you are in a healthy situation.
2: And you are saying versus the FSA, which is the flexible spending account. Why is the HSA better? Well, one reason is the flexible spending account, that money will die at the end of the year versus the HSA, it rolls over into the next year and the next year. And if you've got money in there that's invested, it'll compound. And so I'm a big fan of the HSA even over the FSA if you have those options.
1: Yeah, I have both options. And for my specific situation, I've crunched the numbers and it just seems like a wash for me in particular, which is why the question was there. So the rollover option is probably the reason it's favored.
2: Yes, absolutely. And uh, we, I have an HSA here at Ramsey Solutions. My wife works here. We both do the HSA. And once you're you're out of debt, like Rachel's saying, and you max that out, and what's really cool about the HSA is as you get older, you know, 65, that just becomes a retirement account. You can actually withdraw that money. It just becomes taxable income, uh, even if you're not using it on medical expenses. Yes,
0: which is, again, a great option to get in early, too, because if you're not using that money in this calendar year, then yes, it will roll over and continue to work for you. Does that help? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for calling it. Amanda. Yeah, it's open enrollment. <laughs> here for us as well yeah i've, I've got, got the email
2: it. you haven't done it yet no Ooh. i have like 11 days yeah you should get you got time i'm like teachers pet. i'm like i'm gonna do it right now oh good for you george you're so hr gave me a gold star they are like george, george you're so good. well i know if i don't do it right now that you email will it. get lost I in the inbox Oh,
0: i know we gotta so help
2: your hr people out they're getting stressed out this time of year oh, guys adulthood
0: man there's a lot going on <laughs> all right up next we got uh annette in tucson hey annette welcome to the show Hi,
3: Rachel. I'm so excited to um, be on the show. How are you guys today?
0: We're doing great. How can we help? We're glad to have you.
3: It's a, thank you. It's a really long story. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. So in college, I accumulated some debt and then through, I'm a Christian and through some friends, I learned about like the, what the Bible says and I learned about you guys and I, and I just, Started doing your steps, and I was successful. I got out of my all of my credit card debt, and I was working for my student loan debt. And then I started falling back into my old habits. And last year, it was catching up to me. And come Christmas, as always, you know, um, I didn't have money for my family's gift, so I started um, again going back into debt and like I racked up a ton of a ton of debt how much Just is a ton of debt and Annette 10?
0: how much is a ton of debt
3: um I'm going to round it up to $10,000 okay Though it's a lot less now I um and then and besides besides I I got more college debt too so that's $36,000 okay and, and the credit then, card debt's down um, to what
0: you said you said it was at $10,000 is it at now
3: uh I'm going to say $4,000. Okay.
2: Is that all of your debt? Uh, yes. Okay. It's
3: credit card and some leasing stuff. Um, and then that, so my question is two parts. The first one is I want to get out of debt. I'm struggling with so much to even like get food. And then I've been trying really hard. I've been like budgeting. I've been doing the stuff. i can't, even though I'm very familiar with everything, I can't say that I've been following faithfully, and I know it only works if I follow it faithfully. But um, recently, like you guys say on the show, the rainy day in Murphy's Block cut up to me, and I need a surgery mm-hmm. that is very expensive, and I have no money to pay for it, and it could be done as soon as possible.
0: Okay.
3: Because if not my cornea... To burst, Mm -hmm. and I would get a corneal transplant. So to pay for the surgery and to get it, that is what I need advice on.
0: Okay, okay. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry what you're going through, and medical um, situations are always very scary. So, Annette, are you working right now? Do you have a job? Yes. um, I graduated college. I am currently working as a science teacher. I make around $43,000 a year. Forty three, okay. And how much is the surgery going to be? So the medicine is four thousand
3: dollars but the insurance pays for part of it and that would be nine hundred dollars for me, nine hundred something. And then the doctor still hasn't back to me, uh gotten back to me. He said the total cost of the surgery is twenty thousand dollars. But I don't know how much I have to pay, and I don't know how much the insurance is going to okay. pay yet. So okay. that's
2: not like the self-pay. That's what it would cost with insurance?
0: No, you said you didn't that know what insurance total... would cover. Yeah, I don't know what insurance would cover. Okay, okay. So, um, so Annette, I would say, you know, part of the fear is coming from the unknown, uh, you know you'll probably have to pay something out of pocket for this surgery but you don't know how much and so in your head you know you're probably looking at this 20000 and thinking like oh my gosh this is what I have you know this is this is the amount um, knowing some of it will be taken down because of insurance but the fact that we don't know that difference right now um, is causing I think probably a lot of this tension and a lot of this anxiety is the unknown and so what I would say is to um Get to your insurance company as soon as possible. Get that number, and then I want you to start planning out. And I want you to be able to see, okay, how quickly can I get as much money as possible? And this is selling stuff. This is taking on extra jobs, doing whatever you can, and talking um, to to even multiple you know doctors as well. Get get a second opinion. But as much as you can to gather as much cash as possible in time for the surgery is going to be your goal. Thanks, Annette, for calling. I'm so sorry you're going through it. This is The Ramsey Show.
4: Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance.
0: Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I told George in the break, I was like, let's revisit that because I feel like we gave Annette in our last segment quick advice with the situation. So she has about $40,000 in debt. She's even struggling just to make, you know, make payments right now on even just getting food and then has an upcoming surgery uh, to fix her eye so that her her cornea, something with her cornea. Yeah. So it's her sight It's Serious. a big deal. Um, so what we were, what we were saying is that a lot of you know some of the angst is coming from the unknown not knowing what insurance is going to pay and also getting a second opinion and then you know having multiple opinions is very important especially if you're going to do something like a surgery because it depending on the doctor the hospital I mean all of it, it, could, it could vary drastically and so that's an important piece of information but always you guys if you're in a situation that you have to pause the debt snowball. And say, okay, you know, whether it's um, a medical procedure, whether it's, you know, you're going to be moving in the next 90 days, like we we need to pile up some cash, uh, whether it's, you know, again, medical, you're you're pregnant, you know, whatever it is. And there's reasons to pause the debt snowball for a period of time to save up cash for something. We recommend doing that. And so for in her case as well, you know, understanding how to get some extra income because she makes $43,000 a year. Uh, Getting that extra income is going to be really important to pile up that cash. And then in the medical community, too, it's like, okay, you know, is there is there a payment plan option to set yourself up in? You know, so so kind of talking through some of those options and looking at hard numbers, not just the emotion is is also very important.
2: Yeah. And there was a few things she mentioned there. She had followed the plan and it worked and then she fell off the horse and went back into a bunch of credit card debt around Christmas time. And now, you know, there was a lot of shame and guilt and baggage along with that that we didn't really even have time to address. Yep. But part of that, it, when we took a, a similar call the other week where someone did they did their debt-free scream and then went back into debt mm-hmm. later, which is fairly rare, I will say. But part of that was, if you cut up that card in then you can't go into debt. And so part of it is getting rid of the things that caused you to cause harm to you in the first place. So where you go, you know what? I need to talk to family and say, "I can't do gifts this year. I don't yes. have the money and I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm in my mental health is struggling, my financial health is struggling because you got to open a present."
0: That's right. Oh my gosh. Like it's yeah, this Christmas season, you guys, we're all in like the thick of starting to shop for it. And just be aware. I'm like, "You know, if you if you are not in a position to give a ton this year and buy gifts and everything, communicate that and and say it out loud because it removes a lot of that, like that fear of what are they thinking? What's the story in my head that I'm telling myself about? You got to swallow your pride. Yeah. And and just say, Hey, this year, this is the situation because being generous with Christmas gifts to friends and family and going into debt for that is not worth the burden Mm -hmm. of the after effects of what ends up happening. Uh, in January, February, March, April, and so on. So yeah, you're exactly right, George, of just taking the temptation out, cutting up the cards, and knowing that yes, your behavior is what has to change in order for you to make progress. And so I hate that for her because yeah. you know, she's in a she's in a tough situation but
2: also don't beat yourself up if you have to pause the debt snowball because yeah. life happened. That's right. It's okay. Yes, we want you to be gazelle intense and that's awesome. But John Deloney and I we took a call on the show the other day and she said, Hey, my mental health is like on the brink and I'm trying to pay off debt and we said, pause the debt snowball and make sure that you're healthy. And then we can get back to the debt. Yes. It'll still be there to pay off. And yes. you can get back to gazelle intensity, but we've got to take care of ourselves and our health as well.
0: Yeah, it's not just like straight linear line going up. At all. Life costs. isn't it's like it's up and down, you guys. You wanna be on the on the path of going up, right? Uh of of getting yourself in a better yeah. financial situation. And health but,
2: scares, man, that is one of those I've had it never again moments when yes. you deal with something like that and you don't have the money and you're not sure how you're gonna pay for this. And it's, it literally, I mean, this is, oh, this is one of those life or death things. Mm-hmm. And so, and healthcare, as we know it, it's, it's just a crap show, Rachel. Mm-hmm. It's like going to a restaurant and there's no pricing on the menu. And I don't know what this is going to cost. And so I don't want to go through with it. And there's the lack of transparency and we need a lot of reform in that area for sure.
0: Yes, you're exactly right. All right. Up next, we have Andrew in, is it Marquette's?
2: That sounds right.
0: Is that right? Okay. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the show.
2: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call.
0: Absolutely. How can we help?
5: so I'm um, in the early stages of potentially getting a new job and moving, I'm kind of in the early interview stages. So nothing's set in stone yet, but if we move currently, we, we live in a home, uh, where it's hundred percent paid off, we're debt free. Um, and where we're moving to the housing prices are a lot higher. So our current house would probably sell um, maybe one twenty, one thirty, 130 Um, after we finish a couple of the projects I haven't finished yet. And then, uh, where we're going that would not be enough to pay cash for a house so i was kind of wondering what the best option would be would it be to maybe one thing we had thought about was buy some land for cash and then rent for a few years and cash flow building a house or would it be better to just use our what we get from our current house as a down payment on something in the new location
0: yeah where are you guys moving to
5: i uh, actually
2: down in your next, of the woods like the nashville area Oh okay. oh,
0: okay. Very so cool. So from
2: Michigan to Tennessee, that's quite the haul.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah. I would recommend, Andrew, honestly, um, since we're talking about where we are right now, which is great, I would rent when you guys first get here. Don't I would not feel the pressure to go and buy because like every city out there, there's parts of it that are awesome and great for your family. There's parts they are like, oh, that's where all the 20, the Gen Zers are. That's great. They don't have yeah. a yard and I wish we did or that that side is more artsy. This, this one's is way the, too we suburban. We want to go to these schools. Yeah, or the schools. Yeah, I mean, it's all of it. And so I really, I would not make a big financial decision like buying a house uh, until you really, really, really know the area. And so, yeah, if I were you, I mean, I would probably just rent for a year uh, and see where you're at. And then, yes, take the money from the sale of your home, the 130 and use it, uh, yeah, for a down payment. And then I would just take the formula that we always say around here when it comes to buying a home for your new mortgage to be a 15-year fixed rate, no more than 25% of your take-home pay is your monthly payment. And kind of follow that rule of thumb and and then, and then buy something with that.
2: Yeah, and the question to always ask yourself is, would I buy a house in Marquette, Michigan for $130,000 if I lived in Nashville? And the answer is usually, no, nah, I probably wouldn't do that. And that's how you know the answer is, okay, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to put the money I get from the proceeds in a high-yield savings account. We're going to rent for a year while we stack up more cash. And then when we're ready, we do the down payment. So that's the way to do it with wisdom and patience where you don't have any regrets.
5: Sure. So you, you guys think the like the land option would just not be smart? I mean,
2: <clears throat> Yeah, I mean... In Tennessee, land is... I mean, it's expensive. you saying in Marquette? Yeah, I mean,
5: no, no, no. In, in Tennessee. So the reason... The reason I like that idea, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, is I really like to hunt. And so getting some land would be nice to be able to hunt on. But I do understand that land I don't I haven't really done uh, like super detailed research, so I don't know what the land is. Yeah, price so it, like. yeah,
0: I mean that I mean that's an option. I wouldn't be mad at that if there's land that you guys could afford to buy and then yeah, and then you rent, take out a construction loan do the you know build the house uh that you guys want but again it's all going to be about your budget and depending on kind of sure. where you are in yeah. in the middle and we, Tennessee we've area got a
2: lot of guys here that love to hunt and I'm sure they'd all would love to buy some land but some of them just <laughs> they go out and hunt and they live in normal neighborhoods and they go hunt on the weekends and so that's a very normal yeah. thing as well so I love the dream but it just may be a five to ten year dream versus a one year dream
0: yes yeah but we're not mad at yeah buying a Piece of land and building on it. That, I mean, Doctor John, he loves it.
2: him some land.
0: He does. He just
2: wants to have twenty acres of nothing around him, and so you know that's there's doesn't every wrong guy
0: with that. though. Do you, George, I my mean, husband he would he would move, he would move out of a neighborhood in an instant and just be on just. Land yeah. with trees, and I
2: also like civilization and being dirt. near a grocery store. You know, there's some conveniences <laughs> right. to that as well.
0: You're, you're and having a, a you're a metropolitan commute.
2: man. I'm a city slicker, Rachel. That's, That's how right,
0: <laughs> from Boston. That's doing, right, doing it all. I know. Well, and it, and again, I think you know Andrew too. Part of helping you make that decision is actually come flying down, looking around, looking at options, seeing stuff with your own eyes and looking at prices because that's gonna that's gonna be able to give you an answer pretty quickly on what you Nashville guys Nashville versus afford. Marquette vastly different I know and I'm sorry Andrew if you came here like 15 years ago it was you, so Andrew? different it was so different you could probably get a bunch of land now
2: I want to sing if I could turn back go. time Rachel but I won't because we'll be taken off the air I
0: wish you would I wish you would <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show Well, you guys, it's November and if you can already feel it, the holidays are in the air and it's the best time of year for many reasons, but most important, it is this season for giving and if you know anything about Ramsey, you know that we love Christmas and we love giving, so that's why we have a tradition, the Ramsey Christmas Cash Giveaway, You can start entering now for your chance to win. It's our weekly $500 prizes or the $5,000 grand prize. Just think about all all that cash, what that cash could do for your budgets. So go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day to increase your chances to win. You can enter every single day, no purchase necessary, and you must be 18 or older to win. That's RamseySolutions.com giveaway. And while you're there, check out some great gifts that maybe you can give at the people in your life that you love. Uh, I have some personal favorites there in the store. And one of mine is the 2023 Ramsey Goal Planner. It's a great way for you or someone you love to win in the financial, spiritual, and relational areas of your life. So Dr. John Zaloni, George Campbell sitting next to me, and myself, we've teamed up to help you guys and your loved ones tackle these goals with our monthly motivation here in The Goal Planner. So this is not just a normal calendar, George. This is a full-on Gold planner. I mean with so much contents and of course you have your calendar stuff in there which is important. But there's uh, some teaching. There's a lot of teaching and everything in here that you need. So make sure and to it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Part this of it gold is gold foil. Aesthetic. I know, and the the gold just
2: beautiful. I got to sign my first one from one attendee in Sacramento. Oh, I came to well, there our Building go. Wealth event last week. Yes. Or this week.
0: And you got to sign. and you got to sign the Ramsey Hole planner. It was wonderful. So great. So make sure to check them out because they do sell out every single year. Go to Ramseysolutions.com slash planner to get yours today. And speaking of you know giving stuff to your loved ones uh to help them out tell them about the show if you love the show make sure to share it with a friend it costs
2: you nothing let me remind you
0: yeah and just spread the word and make sure to subscribe and um and you've, you know rate the show everything you need to do um not rate it we yeah review, a review. rate and
2: review you do right. like rate it five stars and then you leave review. review. okay
0: review is what i was you're saying, accurate yeah. rachel yeah 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 lots of r's happening don't second here. guess yourself <laughs> So, when it comes to shopping, George, though, there's so many options when it comes to buying stuff. We obviously teach the debit card, cash, spending your own money, not going into credit card debt or taking out loans. But there's been a sneaky way to pay for stuff that came in came on the scene probably, what, 12, 18 months ago in a big way. The, pi- the buy now, pay later yes. option. And the Gen Zers love it. And that means there's a lot of debt associated with that.
2: Oh, yeah. Here's an article from MSN. Buy Now, Pay Later drives Gen Z into debt, and it goes into a story about Sarah who had saved 16 grand for her future home by the time she was 18. Amazing. Then she started using buy-now, pay-later products and, quote, ruined everything. In just two months, she racked up five grand across three of these buy-now, pay-later companies, ballooning balances alongside unexpected medical costs, drained much of her savings, and prompted her to seek help from a financial advisor. But the damage was done. Her credit score dropped, and now she's 21, and her home purchase has been set back by at least two years, and she's scared she won't even be able to get a mortgage.
0: Man. Really it's, sad. And five of the major buy-now, pay-later companies... Here, here these numbers, George. Have originated 180 million loans, totaling $24.2 billion last year.
2: Oh, gosh. And let me remind you guys, these are loans. They're yes, micro loans. it is loans. debt. But they go, Rachel, I bought a $50 pair of jeans, and it let me do it in installments of twelve fifty a month. That's not a loan. It's a loan.
0: It's a loan. When you owe money to someone... That is debt, and it's tricky because George. Honestly, if I if I didn't live by the principles that we teach, I'm a shopper. You know this. I love to spend money, and when I check out, majority of the places I check out have that option at the bottom: buy now, oh, pay yeah. later. And they show you what you just need to pay for right now. And it's tempting. You're like I like I understand. It looks like it's
2: seventy five percent off. You think in your mind oh, is that
0: it? Well, then let me go add some more stuff. Because I could I could spend a little bit more than just that one payment. I mean, it's it is crazy. Well, the, they don't the see the psychology because Gen it. Z
2: is very anti. Like a lot of them don't like credit cards, but they don't see buy now pay later as the same way because they, well, oh, it's, Rachel, it's interest free, so like it's basically free money. <laughs> That's the mentality. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it, but also when you don't pay back. All that, all the fees and the back interest, oh, yeah. everything piles in too. So, well, you have to and we that.
2: talked about this on, uh, you know, I did the podcast, the Fine Print, and you were the guest for the episode on yes. Buy Now, Pay Later, and we talked about how beyond all the fees and interest, what Buy Now, Pay Later does so well is causes you to overspend because now your fifty dollar cart is a twelve fifty cart, So you go, well, I can add more because I was going to plan on spending oh, fifty right. bucks. Yes, so I, I can know. add four times as much stuff for the same price. Except you owe that every single month with fees and interest. And that means you can't spend that money on something else. That's so right. There's opportunity cost there.
0: Yep. And so it, it it leaves you not in a good spot, just like, who was it, Sarah here? Sarah. Sarah. that had, man, $16,000 saved. And Ouch. now, now she's deeply in debt.
2: So d- don't fall for this marketing, uh, Gen Z or anyone else, because it's not just Gen Z that's falling for this. It's anyone who doesn't want to use their money now or they don't have the money and they don't have options for you know, credit cards and things like that. Some people don't get approved, but buy now, pay later is very lenient. They're happy to give you these micro loans. So if you want to learn more about that, you can check out episode four of the fine print on the Ramsey network or wherever you listen to podcasts and you can hear Rachel and I's take on it there.
0: That's right. All right. Up next, we have Sarah in Wellington, Florida. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. Absolutely. How can we help? So,
6: um, so, I'm 17, and I ride horses, and I'm at the age where my mom isn't really paying for it as much as she used to. So, right now, I pretty much pay for all my riding lessons. I pay for most of my show fees, and once I turn 18, I'm pretty much on my own. Um, and I love riding. I would love to have my own horse someday, but I also want to be able to stay for my future, and I'm just not sure how to be able to, like, follow my dreams and writing, but also be able to stay for my future. So, like, one day when I have the money, buy an
0: apartment or a house or whatever. Yeah, well, I appreciate you calling, Sarah. And at 17, you sound very, very mature. Okay, so tell me this. What are your plans at 18 for life? Are you going to go to school? Or are you going to go to a trade school? Or are you going to go straight into the workforce? What are you thinking is going to happen when you turn 18?
6: Um. That's... Like, also one of the things I'm having trouble deciding, like, do I want to go to a college and study something with horses and be able to, like, work my dream job? Um, This way I have the riding opportunities I want, or do I go into something like law and be able to make
0: the money, but I'm not doing something that I love as much, Sure. Well, I would say this your degree doesn't necessarily have to dictate and pigeonhole and you, you know, to something very, very specific. So if you don't know exactly what you want to do, I would go a little bit more broad, uh, that has, you know, market value to know that what you're going to make. Um, and so maybe something that's not as specific and niche as, you know, horses. Because what kind of degree? What kind of degree Equestrian would that be? Equestrian
2: studies? I don't know. What is that, Sarah?
0: Um, so there's a lot you could study with horses. There are different colleges that
6: have different programs. So they have, like, barn management, which is, like, the equivalence to business management, but to running your own barn. Or there's training. Some colleges have riding programs where you could learn how to ride Um The question is, Sarah, at the end
2: of that, if you get any of those Mm -hmm. degrees, are there actual jobs that pay you enough to still survive and live your life and afford the horse and afford to buy a house and those kinds of things? What I don't want is you have to live in the barn with the horse because you're getting paid $12 an hour with your degree.
6: It it depends. Like, I'm lucky enough that I live in a very horse, populated area. I
2: didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> a high horse population. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. So Sarah, we're about to head into a into a break, but what I would tell you is keeping your options open, not pigeonholing yourself so tightly into something that you can't have other options if you decide to do something else later down the road. I think would be smart when it comes to your college. And then you need to know, okay, how much is this going to cost for me? To still enjoy this hobby And then how much do you need to make To live off of and enjoy the hobby But your hobby might have to go on pause Depending on how much money you bring in And that's okay because you can always go back to it This is The Ramsey Show Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We're taking your calls. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888 825 I'm Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with George Camel. Up next, we have Brandon in Lafayette. Is that how you say it?
2: I think it's Lafayette.
0: Lafayette. Brandon,
2: correct us if we're wrong.
0: Man, you know, Let's it's, let it's, Brandon the, tell it's us. the Southern <laughs> in me. Yeah, Brandon, how do you say it properly?
2: Uh, how's it going? It's
1: Lafayette.
2: Oh, Lafayette. Man. Love it
0: is 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 Lafayette. There's That's, a Lafayette, Tennessee.
2: Tennessee Spelled says things the all same kind of, way. They also say Lebanon. I'm like Lebanon,
0: Mererville. i got family in, in Lebanon. It's not Lebanon, <laughs> Lebanon, Merville. All right, it. Brandon. Sorry, we're here for you. It's How can okay. we help?
2: <laughs> it's all right. It's
1: it's not the worst that I've heard, but it's okay. But um, so my question is, um, my wife and I were are relatively new listeners, and we kind of did the plan backwards starting off because we didn't really know but we kind of started investing into an IRA Roth IRA and a brokerage account um, for about three years now and we have some loans that we want to pay off by the end of the year but depending on the forgiveness um, I guess two scenarios might happen if we do get the forgiveness um, we'll be able to pay everything off but only have about three thousand left over but um, if we don't get the forgiveness, um, I guess I'm wondering: Do I tap into my brokerage account or the uh, Roth IRA?
0: Okay. So how much you how much you guys owe?
1: Um, right now, it's sitting at about seventy thousand.
0: Okay. And how much is in the brokerage account?
1: Um, right now, it's about like twenty two to twenty three.
0: Okay. Um, so I'll tell you what I would do, Brandon. That's kind of how I usually answer these questions is if I were to wake up in your shoes, George, you can give your, your thoughts My as well. Maybe
2: different. We don't know. Yeah,
0: we don't know. We're, we're about to see. So if I were you, Brandon, yes, I would take, or I'm sorry, I have one more question for you. Do you guys have any just cash around? In yeah. A savings so account?
1: Like, yeah. We have in a high yield savings. We have, um, we have about 62,000 right now. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's the thing. So if they, if they do give us 10,000 of forgiveness, we'll be able to pay it all off with just, you know, our money in our savings account, but um, we'll only have about 3000 left over. So, and you know, in that scenario, I'm also wondering, do I take out money from my brokerage account to kind of kickstart my emergency savings?
0: Yeah. So, okay, here's what I would do if I were you, I, a brokerage economy, I mean, it's, it's fine. I'm sure are using it for single stocks and, and moving that money around.
3: Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, so so that's
0: yeah. so I I'm not a fan of that way of investing period and so if I were you I would just take the 23,000 out of your brokerage account take the remaining out of your savings your 62,000 and pay off this 70,000 today today and then mm-hmm. what you have left in your high yield savings account is probably enough to cover your 3 to 6 months worth of expenses that we talk about in baby step 3. And then from that point on, then I would just continue to fund your Roth IRA. I would not touch it, period. Uh, I would continue to fund it and fund you know, some good growth stock mutual funds, look into some other retirement investing as well. And then if this student loan forgiveness actually goes through, then you can do a refund and actually apply for that and get the money back if that's what you guys choose to do. But I would not, Brandon, sit and wait for that to go through because it's going to take an act of God for all of this to go through. And with the midterms coming up and possibly even, you know, depending on what the Senate does, you know, the House of Representatives, like it, I just never put my faith in politics. It, it feels so <laughs> shaky to me. And apparently the Supreme Court's wanting to get involved into this whole student loan forgiveness thing too. I mean, like- It's going to be a
2: bloodbath. It, it's
0: just, it's crazy. And it may go through. I mean, who knows? But it's it's not, I mean, we're, we're not seeing something happen, at, you know, here in the next- at the end of the year, for instance, you know, here in the next sixty days. So again, if it goes through sometime next year, you can always do a refund and get that back. Uh, but if I were you, I would not sit and wait. I would, I would pay this off and I'd be, and I'd be done with it and move on to investing.
2: Yeah, the way you described all this, you guys are so, so driven. And uh, you know, you didn't do the baby steps in order. That's okay because tomorrow, imagine this: you're completely debt free with a pile of money in the bank. Man, that is a different place to be. And now every dollar that comes in stays with you. You're not worried about what's going to happen with student loans, and you can continue to keep saving. And, you know, what's your next goal, Brendan? Do you guys have a, another goal in mind?
1: Yeah, um, definitely um, probably need a new vehicle at some point in the next year or two, but um, definitely probably start a family soon. Um, so my wife, she just graduated from school, so she just got a job so we can... Kind of starting, you know, just to get on with our lives. That's what we kind of just want to do, and you know, stop looking at this pile of Stop looking money at the rearview that mirror.
2: That's awesome. What's your yeah. What's your household income once she starts working?
1: So she started working like two weeks ago, and so we just probably hit around 180 um, before taxes or Woo! anything.
2: Awesome. That's incredible. Brandon,
0: that's great. Now
2: imagine 180 minus you know Uncle Sam staying with you, and you guys can save up. You're going to be able to upgrade a car in no time. You're gonna be able to save up and, you know, purchase property and invest and just build wealth like crazy. I mean you guys are so young. You're doing incredible. So you yeah. can you can do what you want to do, but man, you cash out that brokerage account and never look back and pay off all this debt, you're gonna be in an amazing spot financially.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I have it in my head that I'm definitely not waiting past the end of the year, so I'm. I'm. I think I'm setting that as my line. So, if nothing happens at that point, I'm most likely just gonna take it out and pay it. Um, but yes, I mean, I guess in the, in the in the chance that they do forgive it and we're able to pay it off with just the money in our bank account, we'll have about five thousand left over. Do you think at that point,
2: I'm still cashing that out that happen, brokerage?
1: Yeah,
0: because yeah. because so much of you know that money, it is kind of just playing playing the stock game and in general we're just not a fan of that you know looking at what's gonna over time where is my money actually gonna make money and there's a sense of you know it's a little little bit of that kind of gambling feel of playing the single stocks game and seeing what you can do and over the length of time we've just found that you know spreading your money around something like just a good mutual fund it's not as exciting it's not as like but it's also not as stressful
2: and anxiety inducing because you're watching that single stock jump up and down and you get the adrenaline and you get the anxiety man if you're going to start a family and you're going to be a dad i just don't want you worrying about that and losing sleep over what your single stock is doing you're going to be yeah, losing sleep yeah. over that baby instead that's more fun <laughs> yeah more yeah joy when
1: there. i when, when i got into the burger's account i wasn't really you know too knowledgeable about all the different ways to invest and stuff so yeah. i haven't really put any money <clears throat> any money into that in a while yeah. So I just kind of been hanging on to it because it kind of dipped down. So I was just waiting to see if it would come back up. But totally. at this point,
0: no, I hear you It might for not sure. be worth the wait. Yeah. yeah and, and there's no fatal errors here. You know, you're, you're a smart guy, Brandon, obviously, you know, you know what you're doing. And so I think it's just putting a little bit more of that knowledge, a little bit more of that predictability in place. But, um, but I know you threw out the option of a Roth IRA using some of that. So we didn't really touch on that, but I would just say for everyone listening, do not touch your retirement investing. Don't touch your 401k, your Roth IRA. It's not worth the penalties. Yes. The fees, um, the taxes, everything, you know, well with Roth, but the, all the, all the extra that comes with it when you cash out early, not at retirement age. So. And the
2: caveat on the brokerage account, make sure you're working with your tax pro because there will be tax implications on all the growth. That you've experienced that you've in that account. Right. And so you want to make sure you're planning for that. You know how much you're going to owe. All that good stuff. But Rachel, I just got a message the other day from a guy who's now on the Ramsey plan. But he wasn't before. He was playing with single stocks in his Robinhood account. And he had made some money. Yeah. So he was excited about it. Then he got into options trading. Mm. Which is one of the riskiest types of trading you can do. And he showed me his Robinhood account. It was at 10000 And now it's at zero. <gasps> because of his options trading. He
0: lost it all?
2: He lost it all. Oh. And so he was kind of showing me, you know, that was him going, I got burnt on the hot stove and I'm just done playing that game.
0: I know. That's and I
2: hate that he had to learn a lesson that way. I just want to tell sure. everyone, just don't be that guy.
0: Yes. You can avoid it. When you look at the market long term, this is the time to get in, number one, because it's low. While well, everyone's freaking out, put your money and continue to invest because then you get to enjoy the ride up. And again, it's predictable. When you're playing the single stocks game, it, it's all up in the air. But when you know you're in it for the long term, Investing and in boring things like a mutual fund. Your world Rachel.
2: Be it, the crockpot in a world full of microwaves. That's
0: right. That's right. Thank you, George, Thanks, for George. a great hour of radio. Thank you, America, for listening, and everyone in the booth helping work this. Guys, appreciate you. This is the Ramsey Show.